From the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. It's the Craig Needles Podcast here at ClassicRock981.com, LondonNewsToday.ca, and you can find us on your favorite podcast apps as well. The Craig Needles Podcast is brought to you by Clearview Auto Glass. And this week we are talking a little bit more about the homeless hub conversation in the City of London. To do that, we are someone who's been kind of in the center of this entire ordeal since the location of these hubs is announced. That is Corinne Rahman, who's the City Councilor for Ward 7, and she's been kind enough to join us here in the studio to talk about that and, and share her thoughts. She, of course, has some concerns about the plan, as, as you've likely heard if you've been connected to the news uh, in the city. So, Corinne, thank you very much for uh, joining us and spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So uh, first up, this is clearly an issue that means a lot to a lot of people. And there was a, a piece that CBC did today with neighbors saying, hey, we think this is a great idea. We want this to come. But obviously, there are some neighbors uh, at the in and around the Fanshawe Park Road area. And I'm talking about the people who live close, not the people who live far away and want to be mad about it, uh, that are that are worried about this. What are, what are their worries? What are they telling you about this that they're concerned about with this location being where it's proposed to go right now? So I'm going to start with agreements. <clears throat> so working to address homelessness and poverty is everyone's responsibility. I think that's mm-hmm. what I've heard overwhelmingly from residents in Ward 7. Having a hubs model uh, with services all in one place is a step in the right direction. Also heard that very clearly from a number of residents. And as you can see from my voting record, I've been supportive of the concept of this plan. Uh, what I've heard overwhelmingly, though, is flaws within the process. So uh, as this has been rolled out, why why there's been concern, I believe, is from a process piece and, mm-hmm. and the involvement that residents in the ward have had with, uh, one, getting the information um, as you you know, you're part of the media. Um, the, the information came solely from the media. Um, and then from there, when residents started reaching out to me, my um, communication has been, here's the report uh, to share that first. And then from there, um, you know, get on the phone and, and talk to people and get their feedback and talk to them about their concerns. But uh, to really bring yourself up to speed on the issues and, and this conversation that's been going on for months um, about this new model, it's it's not just that report. You have to you have to kind of go back and read, and and get familiar with a number of pieces of information. And so it's a lot for residents to do in a short period of time. And that's why uh, there's been a push for consultation and a push for a conversation with the community. Mm-hmm. Now there were community consultations about you know, what we're discussing here, mm-hmm. but not with locations attached. Exactly. Not with locations and attached. I've attended all the ones that have been close uh, in, in the ward. Uh, there was one on August 31st uh, at Medway Community Center. And I'll tell you, I'd just come from an event in the ward with a with a school. And there was about 300 or 400 people at this event that I was at just before I went to, to the Hubs Implementation Plan conversation. And uh, I remember remarking, because I had city staff at the other event, and I remember remarking, oh, you know, this would be great to to bring this conversation there as well, because um, I felt that there was an issue with engagement at that point as well, that people weren't really thinking that this was uh, going to be something that they needed to perhaps get involved with at this point. And so that was, uh, I think, key learning for me as well, uh, so that I know that 
you know, to be more perhaps proactive, but it was also August 31st. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe um, people weren't paying attention as much because of the timing as well. But I personally also thought that we were going to go out and have more conversation when the locations were announced. Uh, okay. So I, 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 I'm, I'm more than willing to say that uh, there, there, there could and should have been more conversation about that. I think that's fair. What is it that they're worried about, though, with a hub where there's going to be 20 women and, and female identifying folks staying? What are, what are they worried about happening at that location? Yeah, I don't think it's, you know, something that's um, been fully identified what people's concerns and fears are, I think. And it's it's also not my place to speak about those mm -hmm. concerns and fears. Personally, Do you have concerns or fears? No, my concerns and fears are process related. Uh, I shouldn't call those fears. My concerns are process related. My concerns are that my my constituents do not feel heard. I think from their perspective, I have heard absolutely that, you know, there are concerns that they want to be able to talk through. They want to be able to have these conversations with the people that are going to be bringing these services to the neighborhood and find out more about them. And I think that's a fair conversation to have at this point say, you know what, I, I want to learn more. And if you look at the report, there's basically a paragraph that describes the services that would be provided. And I think that for them, there is that opportunity to learn more. And I can tell you, I've tried my level best to provide the information that's needed for people to better understand. But there is genuinely a need for more conversation. So how much more conversation are we talking about? Because I know that one of the worries here, and I think it's a legitimate worry, is if we and, and your original motion was to was to push all of these back and, and, and wait a month. Mm -hmm. So all the hubs, which includes the Adelosa one, which includes mm -hmm. uh the concern, of course, is going to be that we're going to get into the winter before mm -hmm. these ones open. Now, the one that we're talking about at Fanshawe Park mm -hmm. Road was never going to open before the winter anyway. Absolutely. But if we push the other ones back, mm -hmm. we're going to get into the winter before we're done here. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be damaging to people who are homeless in this community. Absolutely. And that, and, and, and that would never be the intention, right? right? So I think that to be, to be clear, you know, at the SPPC meeting, my point was to try for a referral. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I had to think about how do I get the maximum amount of counselors to be able to participate in a referral, right? So I'm thinking about, well, who do I need to get on side? If I had split the motion at that time, would I have been able to get full support? I do not believe I would have. So at the upcoming meeting, I will, again, try to split the motion and try to refer this piece, uh, the CMHA proposal, uh, in order to allow for more conversation. I do think it's warranted. Um, I, you know, I haven't been hearing concerns about the other locations. It's just solely the, this mm -hmm. location that people have concern. And it's actually just the 705 Fanshawe Park Road West and the 20 transitional spaces. It has nothing to do with the 10 December 2023 respite spaces. Uh, and those would be uh, near the police station there just on, uh, on, on Dundas. Uh, so does that tell you, though, enough about the motion that, hey, I don't think I can get eight people to support this? Does that not tell, tell us enough about the value of the motion if there are not going to be eight people to support splitting it up? Great question. So I think yeah. the important piece is that since the time of receiving the information, there's definitely been more information that has come forward. Okay. So the first thing I would say to you is that the, you know, when we were 
in the consultation around the whole of community, there were over 200 people at mm -hmm. the table, including, you know, representatives from the business community, the BIAs, the development community members. Police, hospital, Police, hospitals, whole thing. Yep. Absolutely. EMS. But not counselors. Yes. I cannot. Uh, and, and I, I'm hot, hot, locked up agree with you that politicians, not just counselors, MPs, MPPs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. should have been in the room. That was a mistake. Hard agree with you on that. Absolutely. So. I cannot imagine that those involved envisioned a potential location and could be in agreement with the results of an RFP that would cause a thriving female-led family business to have to close its doors. And I'm talking about the Black Pearl Pub. So their public comments as of right now to the free press is that they'll be able to move. Mm -hmm. That was the last that was the last I've heard of this. Mm -hmm. Is that not accurate? What I'm saying to you is that they they're they're going to have to make a business decision. And what I'm hearing is that this is a very difficult decision for them to make to be able to remain open. And that's something for them to to comment on further as to what they're looking at. But my understanding from my conversations is that, you know, no matter what happens with this location, if if this moves forward with CMHA, they close at that location. Absolutely mm -hmm. yes. 100%. Correct. They close at that location. Yes. I don't believe that that was the intention of that table to consider those types of unintended consequences that may come of a proposal such as this. The other piece of this, and I think this is... Something that I brought up during the SPPC meeting, I asked whether or not there has been an evaluation of uh, in a conversation with those that are currently at the motel mm -hmm. and whether or not there are people that are living there. You asked staff about that during the meeting. What did I they did. say to you? And they said that they would consult with the organization who has the the, the proposal in, CMHA. So that's CMHA, yep. And they would, from there, report back. So I am looking to hear that information. And you may I, hear it Thursday. And I'm hoping that that comes Thursday because mm -hmm. it absolutely is needed and necessary for us to make a decision. Because, again, I do not believe that the folks that gathered to put the whole of community response together, envisioned a scenario that could displace other people. And and that's where I'm that's where I'm struggling right now with how do we get that answer in order to make a decision so that it has the least amount of impact. There are these unintended consequences. And when you're doing something new, when you're trying uh, you know, a new approach to something, sometimes you cannot see those unintended consequences. And that's part of why I think it's really important during the RFP process to ensure that we do our due diligence, that we have those conversations, that we have time between decision uh, decision points so that we can find out more, mm -hmm. so we can make sure that we do the cost-benefit analysis in terms of what what could this mean for this location. This is a process issue. And I really do think it's it's showing us that we need to think about what how we're going about this process. And I think, you know, at this point, I'm now over 900 uh, communications from people. Uh, I do think that, you know, ultimately people want the opportunity to have a voice, 
to participate in the process, to share their concerns, to ask questions. I can tell you I've submitted over 20 questions right now from residents uh, and then put out a frequently asked questions to uh, those that receive my newsletter, for instance. Um, I did that last week. And uh, since that time, I have more questions that have come forward. So, you know, I can try to do my very best as a counselor to share that information, Mm -hmm. but it is challenging within this window of time to be able to get that information. So you keep hearing people saying there's misinformation, there's disinformation about this process. Well, that there are those things are true. Yes, I absolutely agree. And what I'm saying to you is because of the time. Um, and there's, I mean, even if, if we were to have an, a public meeting tomorrow, there would still be that, that, that disinformation mm-hmm. and misinformation. I agree. But I do think that we have a responsibility to try our level best to educate people, to help them to understand, but also to hear their thoughts and, and, and get their questions. So um, that's what I've heard overwhelmingly from the community that they want the opportunity to do. So on the, the subject of the <clears throat> unintended consequences, Black Pearl and so forth, uh, I, I'm going to be callous for a second. Uh, if a business has to move or worse, if that's what has to happen in exchange for 20 women who are currently living on the street to have a place to transition to get off living on the street, do the ends not justify the means there? I understand that for not, for some people, the answer to that's going to be no. But for some people, isn't the answer to that going to be yes? That's a good question. I would say businesses moving is different from businesses closing. Yes. And, even and 11 people yeah. being out of work... Mm-hmm. Also. And if family business being impacted to that degree, I think, again, we have to ask ourselves as a community that question. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a decision that a individual counselor needs to just consider. I think it's a community question. And it's one that begs that question. We have a business. Uh, we have, we've had a table that has been in, in this discussion, the business implementation table, you know, the, the development table. How did they foresee those? conversations happening? Did they know that there was the opportunity that that businesses could be displaced because of these decisions? You know, they had there were a number of roundtables that were held with uh, BIAs leading up to this this RFP process. And I'm not sure if you were aware of that or, yep. but, you know, OEV had one and the downtown BIA had one, right? Yep. Um, these businesses that surround this location, they're not part of a BIA. So how were they consulted? What, where was their opportunity to have their voices heard? Where is their opportunity to, to ask their questions and gather information? So again, I, I'm pointing to the process because when we have a, a concerns like this, when we should be able to say, you know what, we didn't get it right when it came to the process and that's okay. And we can, we can do something to address that. We can either pause and say, okay, let's take some consultation, some feedback on this location. Let's have a conversation Mm -hmm. with the community and then make a decision. Or we can say, maybe at at this point, we need to set this this location aside. There's going to be further rounds of RFPs. We know that there are going to be further rounds of RFPs Mm -hmm. because we've committed to other locations. So that means there's opportunity for, for Further discussion, it means there's opportunity for other RFPs to come forward. Uh, okay. So just I, I just want to get some some things clarified here. So the locations um, at 
the hospital for Adelosa and YOU, location on Clark Road for YOU, and the location at my sister's place for CMHA. You have no problems with those. You, you're willing to go ahead with those right now. Yeah, I've already asked. I've already sent communication to the clerk to split the motion so that mm-hmm. I can have that conversation. And if you'll recall, during the meeting, I was going back and forth about how to split the mm-hmm. motion. And I realized it was procedurally difficult to do so at that time. And part of the reason was because all of the numbers were nested within each other. Right. So this was an, I, I knew that I was going to council and that I would have that opportunity to make uh, make this a separate motion and to, to be able to look at it Are separately. You be able to split out the CMHA location on Dundas at my sister's place from no. the one on Fanshawe Park That's, Road? So I, have, so I have asked staff exactly that question. And because they are contained in one RFP, that's not possible. And I wish it was. And, and I wish there was a way that we could find a way to do that so that that con- consultation around 705 Fanshawe Park Road could happen before a decision is made so that more conversations can happen with the community before that goes forward. What's the difference between 705 Fanshawe Park Road and the Dundas location across from police headquarters to you? To me? Yep. Other Uh, than one's in your ward and one's not. Yeah, no, as I just said, some mm-hmm. of those unintended consequences that we just spoke okay. of, I think those are those are high consideration at this point. We have to be willing to say, you know what, were, was this what we intended to happen at this location? And and again, when I when I talk about this being a process piece, I really do think that we need to from every part of this process, we need to intentionally involve the whole of community. That's what we said we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And so how do we now that we've reached the RFP uh, and, and we're, we're evaluating these RFPs and, and, and decide making our decision, how do we not have that at this stage? You know, how do we not at this point involve the whole of community in this conversation to bring them along with, with the decision? And, and, and I understand that, you know, some people may not be be pleased with some of the, the the letters that have been received to council and i and i can't speak to that right no you didn't write letters i didn't write the letters but i can tell you that you know when i get a letter like that and someone's attached their phone number i call them mm-hmm. and i have a conversation i probably spent a good 20 hours or so at this point on the phone with people and those conversations look like let me hear your concerns but it's at this point, they want to be able to talk to members of council. It's not just their ward councillor that they want the opportunity to address because they know where I've I voted mm-hmm. and what I've said on the issue. So again, if I there think- was a PPM about this in you know middle of October, if there was a PPM and then there was a vote after the PPM on this location, would that satisfy your concerns? Here? I don't even think I don't even think we need a PPM. Okay. I have a I have a ward meeting scheduled for October 27th. That's what I brought up at SPPC. I have a ward meeting already booked. Mm-hmm. This gives us time to have consultation. Let's have a discussion at the ward meeting and then from there have the vote at SPPC on October 31st. If that delays getting the my sister's place beds though. Mm-hmm. That's that's a, a, a very bad outcome. And potentially a, mm-hmm. a devastating outcome for some people. Mm-hmm. So that, how, how do we balance that? Yeah. So I know that this could hold up the 10 beds in mm-hmm. December 2023. And I also know that we have we have capable staff to find, that can find a way to bring those beds through perhaps our cold weather response or find another way that we can work together to do just that. We do. I think we, we have to be careful when we present things as all or nothing. And but I if, think but, we, but if we're talking about something that is coming online in two months, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's not a lot of time to go back to the drawing board. 
Exactly. But we're, we are bringing a report October 31st for the cold weather response. Okay. So that's already coming to SPPC. So I do believe that if this were to be divided and we were to decide not to move forward with, with the location of Fanshawe Park Road, that we could task council to find or to task staff to find a way to bring those 10 beds online. Like I, I hope that that's the case if that's the way we go, because it's it's important that we do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, here's my other concern with where we're at right now. Uh, I know that there's going to be misinformation out there no matter what we do. I don't think people should be afraid or be fearful of having a hub like this near where they live. I live, you know, by a lot of definitions in the downtown core, there's a social service agency 45 yards from my house. Never has there been a problem. Mm -hmm. Never has there been a problem. Do I don't like the idea of saying, hey, we're not going to do this because some and, and have one of the reasons be, you know, fear of the community, because that means that every community we try to go this in, put a spot like this in, we're going to have similar fears. I'm worried mm -hmm. about that consequence. Have mm -hmm. you thought about that part of this? Yeah, I have. And 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 I hear you. And, and I would say that, you know, um, I don't think I have all the answers to those questions as to how to allay people's fears. And, and one of the things that I personally believed when we were setting, uh, when we were creating the criteria for the first three to five hubs, mm -hmm. I did personally believe that we would have followed the criteria and had almost the opportunity to have um, some evaluation of the first few hubs to be able to say, we're seeing successes, this is working, and this is why we need to go to other locations, and this may require rezoning here, right. here, and here. Now, I want to be clear about something, yes. and this is what staff told you, and uh, that it was never, we will not rezone. It was essentially, we, will, we hope to not rezone. Uh, the no, report... that's, that's what that's what staff told you at least. You, if if you think that that staff told you something else, mm -hmm. we can talk about that. But so, staff told you that at the meeting, right? So, at the meeting, that's what what right. was communicated in the report. Though it says we will not rezone in the first three to five hubs in order to be able to move forward in um, it, it quickly with with this with this program. So I think that that's really important. Remember that the beds were supposed to be ninety to one hundred and fifty by December twenty twenty three. Yes, we're right. not we're not getting there, and I I think everyone wishes that we were there. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think everyone wishes that that was the case. Sadly, you know, we can talk about what the the province end of this. We can talk about the RFPs maybe not being as as fulsome with number of beds as we would have liked. But I think everyone wishes that we had that number. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I know that it was it, it was short, and I, I don't think anyone would dispute that it was short of what we wanted. I just mm -hmm. don't know if making it shorter, like you know, limiting the number further, is mm -hmm. going to help the situation. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. But I do think with the timeline being May twenty twenty four. Right. We got a little bit of time here. We have don't time. That. And I'm worried about the RFP not being. If the mm -hmm. RFP was going to be able to be split, we're having a different conversation. Right I now, agree. I, I agree. Yeah. We would be having a different conversation. But at the same time, I do think that if these, with these unintended consequences associated with this location, with the amount of community concern around this location, and which I don't think should exist. I'm going to be. I'm going to be flat out about that. I don't mm -hmm. think the community con concern 
should exist. I And I know that there's going to be fears no matter what. But I think if the concern is, hey, bad people are going to be at this hub, I, I like you got to get over that. I'm sorry. You just, mm. you, you, you got to get over that. And I, I don't know what you say to constituents who, who have that conversation with you, but I, I'm not worried about these 20 women being a problem in North London. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be. And, and again, that's, yeah. you know, I, I'm not, I'm not here to yeah. tell people how they should feel about, about that at this point. Mm-hmm. And I do think if CMHA had the conversation with the community about what services they would be providing, and also mm-hmm. along with uh, what what expectations the neighborhood should have, yep. then we'd be in a different place. And you can see my my communication to staff. One of the first questions I went back with is, "What's the communication plan?" Mm-hmm. And in the question and answers I received, one of the answers I received is that two months before the hub opens, communication would begin. To me, again, this is a process problem. And and this is a process problem from this perspective, because in one sense, we're talking about March of 2024. Mm -hmm. However, in another sense, because this is part of a contract with the hub in December of 20. So like that, Mm -hmm. that adds a layer of complication here. Yes, absolutely. So two months before the location opens, in the meantime, who's filling that void of information? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that that's really important is that that there is an opportunity to communicate. We should be more fulsome and robust with that communication at this point so that people have the opportunity to hear from uh, from from those that will be running these locations and learn more about, about what to expect. Um, but I hear you. I hear what you're saying that, and I heard quite clearly from my colleagues that, you know, they feel like the northwest part of the city hasn't been as exposed to to some of the challenges that maybe other parts of the city have been facing, like downtown and OEV. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I understand that concern because I can tell you from the calls that I receive um, from folks that are perhaps, you know, for the first time um, experiencing um, having to uh, provide service or care to somebody that they've they found perhaps nope. that's that's um, living unhoused and, and in a difficult situation, they they are struggling to find uh, what to do. And um, I've had number of a number of conversations with staff about what are the resources we can provide for people to better understand how they can help. You know, when do when should they call London Cares and when should they wh- wh- who should they be calling for services and things like that. So those are conversations that I I agree that 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 haven't been had extensively with residents in the Northwest that absolutely can happen more often. Um, but you know. I want to take you back to part of this conversation that mm-hmm. we have been having, um, and that is around this idea that the work we're doing is like building a bridge while you walk across it. And I'm not sure and that that terminology has been used a lot during this process <laughs> by staff, by other yes. counselors, absolutely. Yes. Yep. So, are you familiar with where it's from and and what the concept is? And there's and all, all sorts of. I, I've heard it used in all sorts of different contexts. Yeah. What are you thinking of here? Well, you know, the phrase comes from Robert Quinn, and mm. it's a book about deep change. Right. And uh, it reminds leaders to not be paralyzed when we don't have all the facts, but to be true to the vision. 
And so the vision of eradicating and addressing homelessness is a vision personally that I support. Uh, the whole of community response was endorsed by council. Mm -hmm. But now that the RFPs are in and on this one proposal from CMHA, it doesn't fit with the criteria that we set. And it has unintended consequences. And so I think that from that perspective of building a bridge as you're walking across it, you know, there's a moment where you have to take pause and you have to say, is this the right plan? Do I need to go back to the drafting table, mm -hmm. make some changes so that we can all get across the bridge effectively and safely? And so I think we're in a moment like that. Here's where I here's what I might say though. If we stop building the bridge now, some people might fall off and they might drown. Mm -hmm. And That's, I hear th you. Those are the stakes. And, here. and again, I'm saying to you, I think we can find a way with those ten beds for 2023. Mm -hmm. And those will be my questions to staff: Is how can we do that? How can we continue to work with the community to find resolutions here with these ten beds, which everyone has said. Are, are really important and we need to work on that. And then how do we also look at what are the ways that we can look at this proposal at this location um, at 705 Fanshawe Park Road and make sure that these unintended consequences, you know, that, that they won't have greater impact because we want to make sure that everyone ends up you know, in in a place where they are supported and able to move forward in a positive way. So I, I, I don't want to lose sight of that goal either. Um, and I think it's important that we have that conversation, we be able to have that conversation with the community about how do we ensure that those things are all taken care of. And, you know, I would also like to say, I don't think this term NIMBY that keeps being, that's getting thrown around, I, I really do think that for a lot of people, this isn't about this isn't about you know not having uh, it's more about not having their perspectives heard. Mm -hmm. And but for some and, people, it's about I don't want this anywhere near me. And and I'm, like, I'm not saying, it, yeah. but the, the vast the letters, majority, the, the vast majority oh, that I'm hearing with, from, I have a hard time with that based on the letters I've the, read. I think that there's a lot of people that just don't want homeless. Like when you're writing letters saying I pay too high a property taxes to have a hub near my house, mm -hmm. that's NIMBY stuff, mm -hmm. isn't it not? What I'm saying to you is this: I'm saying at the root of what they're asking for is conversation. Okay. At the root of what they're asking for is consultation, and and I, I've personally struggled with. How much more should I have done on my end to communicate with people about where we were in this process and how much more information was needed? Because I, too, didn't realize that there was such a void of information until this location was came out. So I do think that, that that is something that we can all learn from. And I think, again, we're doing something for the first time. So we have to be willing to say, you know what? We didn't get this right, and we need to do better. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And to say to the community, yes, we're, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what you have to say on, on this issue. We want to work with you. Because what's, what's the opposite to that, right? Making a decision where people don't feel uh, that they've, they've had their voice heard. And that's not something I'm comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and like... 
hearing out voices, I think that's that's fair. That's part part of how we should be running a city. But at some point, sometimes the voices are going to say ridiculous stuff. And like someone said to me, well, you know, we should be uh, we're talking about Tim Hortons people writing letters one point eight kilometers away. We, we should be patient with people. Like at some point, I don't have to be patient with nonsense, though, right? Like when someone says my property taxes are too high to have a homeless hub near where I live. I don't have to listen to you and take that at face value. I can just say you're full of it. Like I, I don't I like, and I, I, you're a counselor. I'm not like, I'm just a media guy, but I don't have to like, listen to that and care about what you say anymore. Once you, once you've said that, that, that quote, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't have to care about that. And I, I get that that's different if you're an elected official. I, I totally understand that. But I just mean it from, from me, from my perspective, when I say this is NIMBY, like I, I say that and I mean it because I think that. And I wasn't true. talking yeah. about you yeah. specifically. No, no, I, I, know. Yeah. I was talking about my council colleagues, you know, some of who have said, well, this is just a case of that. Yeah. And so I know that a number of the letters that are coming in this week are very much focused on the fact that there are these unintended consequences mm-hmm. because that part of the conversation we really haven't had in a fulsome way. You know, during SPPC, I think I spoke for maybe 12 minutes in total. So there really wasn't an opportunity to really get to the crux of a lot of these issues. But I did try to lay out what I could in terms of some of these concerns. And I also had to, you know, think about well, one, what I knew at that time, and then the conversations that have happened after. And a lot of these uh, these things have come to light following uh, this location being announced and the fact that that we, we had that conversation at SPPC. So I do think that, you know, it, it gives rise to a new conversation. It's definitely worth us talking about. It's definitely worth, worth us thinking through what um, – what to do at this point with the the information that we have. And, you know, I, again, I really do think that it's incumbent on us to think through why we had all those stakeholders at the table, Mm -hmm. because we wanted to ensure that we were addressing as many of those potential scenarios as well, so that we could hear all voices on those, those scenarios. And now here we are, and, you know, we're encountering things that I don't think we planned to have. I don't but think we businesses even... going under though. Just as an example, I'm not saying Black Pearl's going under, whatever. But like that's something that's ha- like that's something that's happening now mm-hmm. because of the issues that we're we're dealing with with homelessness, right? Like that's 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 one of the things that that's that's currently ongoing. I think you know, mm-hmm. frankly, Scarlet just yes, down the street yeah, from here I saying, just hey, read like that and I'm so you know, sorry and that that sucks. That's that's really really shitty news, and that mm-hmm. happens, but. That's just sadly with what we've got going on now. That's one of the consequences. It's, it's, there's already negatives for business. So if there's, mm-hmm. I know there there may be some negatives for business with hub plans. I guess the the the, the discussion is which one is worse because neither is good. So the you know some of some of the businesses would have had a chance to voice those concerns and downtown and London those, ones right? would have absolutely yes. would have been at the table. I but agree. but again yeah. in in. This part of, of the city, these conversations, they were not they were not open to to those folks and those business owners. Right. And and you know, and even now, I can tell you that when this became public, I showed up on as many doorsteps as I could to provide information, have a conversation, send, you know, get emails, send the reports, um, and then hear the feedback. And uh 
I know that that's just a drop in the bucket in the amount of communication that is needed uh, with these business owners, especially with the residents, to talk to them about, about those concerns. So again, I go back to my point all along has been that we need to have more discussion. And we need to, again, now looking at what we know now, address some of these unintended consequences. If there was, I, I guess... The, the only way to get what you want out of this is to delay CMHA's entire plan until end of October after community meeting. That's what you want to see happen, right? I, and again, right now, I that's what I would like to see happen. But if, for instance, we're told, well, we cannot delay this mm-hmm. RFP, then I think at this point, our next move would have to be then we, we do not support the RFP right. and we let the, the RFP potentially, uh, at that point, it would no longer go forward. But we try to find a way to bring the 10 beds through another way. And on Thursday, you're going to vote in favor of the Adelosa RFP? Yes. And you'll vote in favor of the YU RFP? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just to be very clear then, you don't have concerns necessarily about the, the viability of the plan of getting people off the street via hubs? Your concern is the ripple effects of what happens at 705 Fanshawe Park, right? Is that fair to say? I would say if you look at my voting record, Mm -hmm. if you look at what I've said on the hubs model all the way through, I've supported the hubs model as we've been been going through this process, having these discussions, having the discussion around the whole of community response. However, I also did not uh, contemplate a scenario that would be uh, like what we're seeing with this location and, and the consequences associated. So now this has given me pause for thought. And and so I think, again, we have the opportunity to learn from this potential, from, from the RFP process. We have a potential to learn from what we've learned from this location. We have a potential to learn on how we should consult going forward based on this location. And I think that that needs to become part of what we look at doing next, because ultimately we have a responsibility to have these conversations with the community and get their feedback and 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 help to address these concerns that have been brought forward. When Peter Fragascados, the uh, MP mm-hmm. for the North Center, uh, said, hey, we should take a little bit of a pause here. Uh, what were your thoughts on that at the time when Peter said? And it's interesting. I saw him this weekend and yeah. I told him, I said, you were right. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, there you go. So, <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, again, things that you, I think, uh, things that you learn as you go through. And I think at the time I thought, well, it's going to be sufficient for us to have these conversations this summer around the, the implementation, mm-hmm. right? I did, I did truly think, okay, well, they're going to get a lot of folks out. There's going to be some engaging conversations and there's going to be a way forward, right? Um, but again, whether you want to call that me being a green new politician or not, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, perhaps he saw that. And as, as, as I was going door to door this summer, I will say this issue wasn't coming up for me at the doors. Do you think it would have come up at the door for Hadley McAllister or David Frere or Susan Stevens? I'm not sure. I think, oh yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that, I'm sure that, and again, just so you know, I, I did make the offer to go door to door with, uh, with my neighboring counselors as well in their wards, Mm -hmm. because I did want to hear feedback from what they were hearing as well. Um, But I will say that it was interesting to me that 
that wasn't what I was hearing at the doors, right, at that point. And I also put out a survey this summer. And in the survey, uh, you know, again, I asked the same questions I asked last year at the exact same time. What are the key issues for you in the ward? And again, this didn't this this wasn't something that people were were trying to express concern greatly with me about at the time. So I, I think I'm learning about, and I won't say that that my my list of emails may be representative of everybody in the ward. Right. Forty three thousand residents in the ward, right? You know, and it just like this, I think speaks to the, the the different ends of the city and and where the issues are popping up. Mm-hmm. Because if you asked. If you asked however many people in Ward 13 mm-hmm. or Ward 4 or Ward 1, mm-hmm. hey, what are your big concerns right now? Homelessness and poverty, I think, are going to be pretty close to the mm-hmm. top of the list for a vast mm-hmm. majority of them. Agreed. Agreed. So it's just it's, – it's different in different spots of the city, mm-hmm. But wouldn't you say that has a lot to do with not only exposure but education? And I do think that there have been more conversations perhaps mm-hmm. within those, those communities around these topics because they've been front and center for them. And no, so what I'm saying to you- You can't walk outside of your house without seeing it in a lot of right. cases. And no. so what I'm saying is that I think that that's why there's a need for more dialogue here. And I think it speaks to that. I mean, we have the responsibility to help people to understand. And and so I think that that's why, again, there's th- this all comes back to communication and it comes back to process. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you let... So let's just say you get... Enough colleagues to agree that hey, we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in this particular RFP. What would you want to see happen next after that? Uh, within that same breath, I'd like to see us find a way to move forward to those ten beds for December twenty twenty three at my sister's place. Mm-hmm. What if CMHA said, you know, we can't necessarily operate just one of the hubs we're going to need to do both of them mm-hmm. otherwise the the rfp doesn't work for us mm-hmm. and i think that's an important conversation to have with them but i do think that i i do believe that those that are around the implementation tables i think that they have a, a goal and a desire to see this move forward and i think that we can work together to find a way to do that when you talk to your constituents, this is the last question I have for you. Mm-hmm. I, I get a lot of people that uh, live in the area and they send me images of tents and things along those lines, uh, specifically, uh, you know, tents uh, at or near the My Sister's Place location on Dundas. Do you tell them, hey, that's not what's going to happen here? Like, like does or at the very least, do you feel that's not what's going to happen there? Does, does the explanation that we've got from staff and from the mayor and from the deputy mayor on my podcast last week, when they say... Uh, hey, look, there's going to be indoor and outdoor security at these locations. We're not going to have tents and things along those lines surrounding this hub. Is that satisfactory? And a satisfactory explanation to you? And do you pass said explanation along to your constituents? I think at this point, first off, I haven't been getting those okay. really. Um, so I'm not sure if that's yeah. just on social this, media. This might just but... be on my Twitter account with some charming, <laughs> okay. charming folks in my mentions. Okay, so um, so I can tell you that. Uh, my main goal is to provide people in my ward with information that is helpful for them to get up to speed on the issue. And right now, that's difficult. It's a number of reports. It's a number of spots. The Get Involved page hasn't been updated since we did the hub's implementation piece, right? So it doesn't talk about the locations and it doesn't point to, to the report, et cetera. However, um, I do think that there is 
there is a lot of misinformation being shared and a lot of concern. Mm -hmm. And I do think that it is also the responsibility of the organization to provide that's that's provided the RFP to let the community know what to expect. And if that's not what they're going to see at this location, I think it would be great for the the organization to have that communication with residents. Because it's one thing if I say it, but it's another thing when they hear it from the the provider of mm-hmm. the services as to what services will be provided. And so I do think there's some clarification that is needed and there's some right. more education that is needed. And I'm happy to share any messages from CMHA with residents. I'm happy to share any questions and answers that they that they would be uh, feel helpful to provide to the public in order to provide that expert opinion on what to expect. So are you satisfied by what's um, in the RFP for security right now or do you need to see more? Um, I would need to understand more okay. as to what that expectation is and 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 get a better sense of that. Anything else that you want to uh, mention or discuss on this? Uh, I I said we'd be a half hour closing on 45 minutes, and I apologize for that. Uh, Anything that you want to add on this conversation before we wrap up our chat here, Corinne? No, that's it. There we go. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for coming in, Corinne. It's it's, it's good to have a conversation and sort of of flesh out what's going on here. So, uh, again, the vote on that from a council perspective coming up on Thursday. So thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Craig Needles Podcast, which, of course, is brought to you by our friends at Clearview Auto Glass. The Craig Needles Podcast is available at Classic Rock 98. One.com on the newstoday.ca and wherever it is, you get your podcast. With a bit of bad luck, your windshield took one for the team and you've got to get it replaced. The good luck is you've got Clearview Autoglass. Certified in OptiAIM Lane Departure Camera Calibration Service, Clearview Autoglass will replace your windshield quickly and safely to ensure the integrity of your vehicle. And they will submit your claim directly to your insurance company for you. Plus, they'll give you a $25 gift card. Don't just drive, enjoy the view with Clearview Autoglass. 540 Clark Road and ClearviewAutoglassLondon.ca. The Craig Needles Podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network. 